my heart with you a little bit because, um, and many of you know some of the different things, but this last year has been, it's been a pretty difficult year. Um, many of you know my father passed away back in March. And so besides the sorrow and the grief that we're going through, um, I now have a grieving widow for a mother who really needs her sons now to help her as she's trying to navigate life without my dad. And then I'm a dad myself, and I have my own kids. And, you know, kids have stuff that happens, right? And you realize, and those of you who are parents, you know this, your kids' hurts are your hurts. And their struggles become your worries and your anxieties. You know, I hated it when people said this to me when my kiddos were little, but there's, there's some truth in it. I hated when they said this, but when you have little kids, they might wake you up at night, and you, you think, you know, you're never going to sleep again, right? But when you have big kids, they can keep you up at night. And then there's all of you. You're my spiritual children, and I'm your spiritual father, and so your pains and your losses, I absorb those also. And then there's four, maybe even five people I can think of in the last year or so who deeply disappointed me. I mean, they really, I feel like they let me down. And I know at the same time that I wasn't innocent, that I, I hurt them too. And so sometimes I feel myself lacking, lacking creativity, enthusiasm, and joy. Sometimes my heart feels raw and wounded, and other times cold and callous and uncaring. Sometimes my devotions are just rote. I go through the motions. And even though I, I, I look at it and say, man, but I, I've got so many wonderful people all around me and so many great things that are happening, things truly I'm excited about, at the same time I find that my, my gratitude is shriveling. And sometimes it just feels like everything has just become duty, right? That, that all of the responsibilities of my life just keep pulling at me from all of these different angles. More people need me, and everybody needs more, and I don't seem to have enough to give anymore. And instead of inspiring me and, and energizing me, those duties and responsibilities begin to make me feel bitter. And they make me resentful. And sometimes I just want to escape. I want to be free of it all so that I can be free to do whatever I want to do. Acedia is one of the seven deadly sins. Sometimes it's called spiritual sloth. Now this is more than just mere laziness. Acedia is when you refuse the joy that comes from God. And you reject his goodness and therefore you then lose the desire to do what you should do. And it creeps in so easily. Now why am I sharing all this this morning? I'm sharing this with you not because I'm trying to get a pity party out of you. Oh, poor pastor. Boy, life is really rough for him. And then, of course, others of you are going, man, I think he's losing it. What in the world's going on? <laughs> right? There's no one particular thing. I mean, this, this is life. You know. This is life. The one thing I'm going to ask of you, I need you to promise to me this. 
please do not take what I am saying you, to you this morning, and if something comes up and you say, oh, you know, I should call pastor, I need pastor for this, that, please, please, please do not say, oh, we can't, I can't call him, I can't bother him, he's too busy, he's too stressed, he's too tired. Please, raise your hand, promise me an oath right now, promise me you will not do that. That's not why I'm saying all of this, okay? Please don't do that. I'm sharing my heart with you this morning because, first of all, I need to be forgiven by God and by all of you, by my family. But I'm sharing my heart with you this morning because I don't think I'm alone. That we all go through these seasons of life where our responsibilities outweigh our ability to respond to them and we begin to shrink away from those responsibilities and we, we lose our joy and we just say, I just want to chuck it all. I'm done with this. And then Jesus says in the gospel reading at the very end, when you've done all that you were commanded to do, you should say, we are unworthy servants. We have only done our duty. Okay, how is that supposed to help Jesus? <laughs> really? The fiat that we're talking about today is so hard. Let responsibility be to me as you have spoken, Lord. And it becomes really hard, especially, especially when that responsibility has, has become, starts to feel like, oh my gosh, I don't think I can do it, right? It becomes so burdensome. When Jesus talks about being a servant, the Greek word there is actually slave. That is so repulsive to us, right? As Americans, we are independent. I am my own boss. Nobody tells me what to do. We hear Jesus say that and call us servants, call us slaves, and we hear that and we go, that is oppressive. I, I'm his slave? I exist simply to do his tyrannical bidding without any war, reward for it, without any attaboys, right? Without any acknowledgement, really? You know, just do what you're supposed to do and shut up about it. But is that what Jesus is saying? Of course not. We don't hear him correctly, rightly. Jesus is not saying, buck up, buttercup, and just deal with it. No. Jesus always offers to us a path of healing, of restoration, of redemption. He offers to us the path to get our heads screwed back on straight and to get our hearts back in the right place. And of course, it's the path of repentance that we must, we must repent for the ingratitude for being so selfish and self-consumed, feeling sorry for yourself and, and for the lack of faith. Yes, of all of that. But, but today, especially, I think what he's pointing at, we must repent of forgetting one little simple truth. Dietrich Bonhoeffer puts it this way, we forget, we forgot that God remains God and humans remain human. It is God who can demand things from humans, not humans from God. It's not that humans take, but it's that God gives. No, I don't like that. And I resist that. But it's true. We are unworthy slaves because we bring no worth or no, and no value to God or as the translation today said, unprofitable slaves, because we bring no profit to him. We do not add to his greatness. It's the other way around. He's the one who gives to us. So when we are doing our duty, when we are doing what we should be doing, when we are doing the right thing, we don't come to him and present it to him as if we're doing something for him that he didn't have before. 
We don't present it to him as if we deserve a reward or that he's in debt to us or that he should even say thank you to us. Slaves don't deserve anything. But when we accept that truth, it actually sets us free. Because when we realize we deserve nothing, then the abundance to which he, which he gives to us becomes so, so sweet. Behind the bad attitude that I'm talking about this morning, this sin of acedia, is the idea that if you, if you see God as a tyrant, that he is stingy, he's abusive, he's oppressive, well then, yes, you know what? Your duty, your responsibility is going to be drudgery. But if you come to know him as kind and just and merciful and forgiving, who gives to rebellious slaves far better than they ever deserve, in fact, he gives his son to redeem those slaves and make them into his sons and his daughters. And when you come to know that, it changes everything. He is no ordinary master. In our reading today, he says, does a normal master thank the servant because he did what he was commanded? But what's interesting, later on in the parable of the minas, the master says, well done, good servant. In other words, we still please, though we add nothing to him, we have nothing to, to give to him to make him greater, we still do please the heart of our master. The way that cherished children please the heart of a loving father. And when Jesus says this, well, any normal master who has a servant plowing or keeping sheep say to him when he's coming from the field, come at once and recline at table. Of course not. Will he not rather say to him, prepare supper for me, dress properly, serve me while I eat and drink, and then afterwards you can get something to eat. But we heard this earlier this summer back in Luke 12. Jesus said, blessed are those servants whom the master finds awake when he comes. Truly I say to you, he will dress himself for service and he will have them recline at table and he, the master, will come and serve them. And in fact, fast forward to the upper room and Jesus says to the disciples there at the table, who's greater, the one who reclines at the table or the one who serves? Is it not the one who reclines at the table? But I am one among you, the master, as one who serves. And in fact, is it not the same master, my friends, who serves to the slaves this sumptuous feast? today and fills us with his love and his forgiveness so that at the end when I say to you go in peace glorifying the Lord by your life once again this week you can go back out and take up your duties and your responsibilities with great joy he's no ordinary master he's not a tyrant a taskmaster a slave master who just uses you and me as a pawn in his universal game of ruling the universe, right? No, no, no. He's the one who came as a slave to serve us, you and me, as undeserving and ungrateful and unworthy and unprofitable as I am. St. Diodocus of Photos says this, the measure of a man's love for God depends on how deeply aware he is of God's love for him. Take a second and just read those words for yourself and try to absorb them. 
Because those words, that's what changes everything. That's what warms our cold hearts. That's what takes duty and responsibility and moves it away from bitterness and resentment to joy and to privilege and honor. That's what helps us to realize that God entrusts some of his greatest treasures in our lives that he, he gives to me, my family and my friends, and my brothers and sisters in Christ, my responsibilities, who I really do truly love. It's when we come to realize this that we, we learn what the real reward in life is. It's the master himself. My friends, this journey of fiat that we're on, this prayer, it's personal to me personally. I've been praying this prayer when Mary first prayed it, a simple way of putting it is she gave her yes to the Lord. In fact, do you remember with me when the angel Gabriel proposes this to her, how does she respond? I am the Lord's servant. Let it be to me as you have spoken. And she then gave her yes to God and took on the responsibility of being the mother of God. Now there's a responsibility. And this prayer has become personal to me and I hope for you too because what I want to do is give my yes to God. I want to give him my yes again. I want to give him my yes more than ever. I want to give my wholehearted, full-throated, totally obedient, yes, Lord. How about you? Would you please stand and with me give your yes to God as we confess our faith in the Nicene Creed. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth and of all things visible and invisible, and in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of his Father before all worlds, God of God, light of light, very God of very God, begotten not made, being of one substance with the Father, by whom all things were made, who for us and, and, and for our salvation came down from heaven and was incarnate by the Holy Spirit of the Virgin Mary and was made man and was crucified also for us under Pontius Pilate. He suffered and was buried, and the third day he rose again according to the Scriptures and ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of the Father, and he will come again with glory to judge both the living and the dead, whose kingdom will have no end. And I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord and giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son together is worshipped and glorified, who spoke by the prophets. And I believe in one holy Catholic and apostolic church. I acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins, and I look for the resurrection of the dead, 
and the life of the world to come. Amen.